Please try to enter the Slave Route Challenge. It's happening on the 8th of May. And you can enter via www.iamrunning4.co.za. Now, the Slave Route Challenge passes several historical landmarks. Um, and landmarks such as the Castle of Good Hope, Grand Parade, the Whipping Post, the Old Slave Church, the Slave Lodge, the Slave Tree Plaque, and even up Cassista Hill. Now, if you've never ever run a race before, never ever done a road race before or a fun run before, make this your first and the start of many. And what a race to choose. www.iamrunning4.co.za. 5K fun run, 10K walk, 10K for those of you who do a lot of exercise, Half marathon for those of you who exercise almost every single day or maybe you're doing your first half or maybe you intend running a marathon later this year or next year getting ready for um, some of the other big races next year. But we're joined by ex-teacher, tour guide and someone who, who loves slave history, Aubrey Springfield. Good morning and welcome to the show, sir. Good morning, Nigel. <clears throat> Pardon. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, listeners. Uh, Aubrey, what's the significance of the landmarks in the context of exploring history and heritage here in Cape Town? Um, Cape Town is um, our mother city and uh, everything that started in South Africa basically started in Cape Town and one of our silent uh, parts of our history is our slave history and therefore all of these uh, landmarks that we are focusing on, all these landmarks actually um, give us the opportunity to highlight that hidden past, that um, silent part of our history. Now. All of the landmarks in Cape Town, there are many of them, um, actually have to do with all the dimensions of our society, our slaves and our descendants of slaves. But uh, the, the few that Nigel has just mentioned, or that you have just mentioned, Nigel, those few are of utmost importance. We, what, why is that Aubrey Springfield? Why? Number one, the slave lodge that you talked about. The slave lodge is where... People who were slaves were first brought and housed. Now, what we have now is a lovely building uh, redesigned and upgraded over many times. Uh, but the second building that is still in existence and is still used in Cape Town, the slaves who were brought here were practically brought into a jail. There were no windows. It was dark and gloomy inside. There was lack, a lack of uh, other normal facilities, ablution facilities, ablution facilities. and um, one of the directors of this company, Dutch East India Company, actually came and uh, reported on the, uh, the, the, the filthy uh, condition inside where children of slaves, uh, slave women, were actually uh, playing around and sitting around, lying around, and many of them were obviously of white uh, parentage too. And so he actually reported and, and expected certain changes to be made. Now, that was our first port of call. Then we have the company garden next to it. Jan van Riebeek in 1652 had to establish a halfway station for the Dutch East India Company, a business. And Jan van Riebeek soon realized that 
he needed workers, and uh, he was a co-writer of the statutes of India, which governed the um, almost like their constitution regarding um, how how to treat the slaves. And so Jan van Riebeek started requesting in 1652, a month after he arrived, he started requesting slaves. Where, where did those slaves come from in 1652? Aubrey, Aubrey Springfield has joined us, ladies and gentlemen. We, we're chatting about the slavery challenge, the significance of the landmarks. Aubrey knows the stuff very very well. He's an ex-teacher and uh, he's a tour guide and he loves slave history. This has significance, this chat and the slavery challenge has significance for a lot of people that live here in the mother city. Over to you, Aubrey, back to you. Uh, thanks, Lionel. From 1652, Jan van Riebeek uh, requested slaves to be sent, but the company weren't so keen on sending him slaves. Eventually, uh, slaves started uh, arriving uh, from the east coast of Africa and also uh, from the west coast of Africa right in the beginning. But then there was a dispute between the Dutch East India Company, Dutch West India Company, and the Dutch East India Company was then uh, forced to get their slaves from the eastern sides, and especially from Batavia, uh, where they had a colony, then India, um, Sri Lanka. I, I want to ask you, Aubrey, sorry to, to interject. So initially slaves came from the east coast of Africa, the west coast of Africa, then from the far east where the Dutch had colonies. Yeah. How did how, how did they relate to each other, those from the east coast of Africa, those from the west coast, and then um, slaves coming from Indonesia and Batavia? Part of the difficulty was then that the slaves could not understand one another. Um, at that stage, we also had Malayo-Portuguese as the... Um, the, 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 the language of commerce and uh, people were speaking uh, that language uh, apparently but they were this um, well the company didn't want them to do it it's because the company wanted Dutch to be spoken at the Cape and so people then had to learn basic Dutch and the basic Dutch that we later on had as Afrikaans was this language was mostly contributed to by slaves who uh, could not speak proper Dutch. And they then had to also um, manufacture uh, uh, terms and so on so that they can be used. Like blachang and kaparang. You know, is... oh, yeah, you know it. You know them. <laughs> you know them. And then also in our slave leg legacy, we also have... Um, the, um, the the words like shambok, which was then a common word used by the uh, by the owners to punish their slaves. Ladies and gentlemen, it's just a fascinating conversation with Aubrey. We are going to get him on again. If not in the slavery challenge context, then outside of it, he must come on again. Uh, when we return, more from Aubrey Springfeld. We're talking about the slavery challenge. It's happening on the 8th of May in the Mother City, and you will pass several historical landmarks, which Aubrey and I have alluded to over the, over the last uh, couple of minutes. I need you to enter the slavery challenge on the 8th of May, www.iamrunningfor.co.za. You'll be running for one of the names on record at the Zico Slave Lodge. We've just chatted about that now. You'll be running for one of the names on the column of memory at the Zico Slave Lodge. And you will pass several historical landmarks in the city. Some of it we pass probably every single day, but we're not aware. And this run will highlight those historical landmarks. Aubrey Springfeld is an ex-teacher. Uh, he's a tour guide and he's a lover 
of slave history. Where did we leave off, Aubrey? Let's continue the the, the journey now and let's chat about some of the other historical um, uh, landmarks in the mother city that people will encounter when they do the slavery challenge on the 8th of May. We'll run through, uh, thank you, Nigel. We run through the company gardens. Uh, the company gardens was part of the original instruction of Jan van Riebeek to start a farm, to grow uh, vegetables, to grow fruit, to uh, supply the passing ships of the Dutch East India Company, also to provide a hospital so that people who were suffering from all these illnesses could then be hospitalized. And that was done just across from where, where we are from the company gardens entrance. Um, in the company garden itself, we, we will still find so many of our people just going there to just relax and, and just remember, meditate. And um, so often I, I walk past the slave tree, uh, the slave bell there. There's a bell in the company garden. It's a reminder of uh, how our slaves were controlled. And we find these bells also on our farms. Then in the garden itself, we have the... Um, oldest pear tree, the oldest tree that was apparently planted during the time of Jan van Riebeek. And so that tree for me is also symbolic of our South African heritage, our Cape heritage, and our slave heritage too, because the people who would be attending to that would have been the slaves. And I can just imagine sometimes a slave coming late at the evening when he was not watched, or uh, sometimes those that were runaways to just come in and see whether they can uh, get a few of the products of the company gardens for mm. free you know <laughs> what what's significant about the the whipping post Aubrey the whipping post uh, where the drill hall is now that was a slight elevation um, so the standard thing was that slaves had to be kept in a sub they had to listen and obey they had to work and they would be uh, expected to um, respond positively to every whim of the owners. And uh, then if they were not obedient, they would be punished. And the company slaves would then be brought down to this whipping post to be punished there, to be whipped so that everybody could hear them, everybody could see them. Uh, so that would be a deterrent for other slaves. Then on that elevation, we also had the people hanged initially um, and and tortured initially in public space uh, on that elevation um, across from the uh, um, the parade and that was part of that whole open ground at that stage so everybody would be walking past and and see the slaves what impact Aubrey the the violence against uh, the slaves, the torture, the the murder, the 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 hangings, the public hangings, um, the public flagellations. What impact did that have on society? Um, what what impact does it currently have on on our society? Um, maybe it's a field for us, Nigel, to study. Maybe it's a field for us to study. Maybe we can draw a line between stuff that had happened there and, and the stuff that's happening now. Maybe we can draw that line between the, um, the, the institutionalized violence of the time and the gradual um, development of the standard of, of that violence, uh, men to women, um, boys to girls, um, um, people in more senior capacity to those in a more junior capacity, physical violence, um, intimidation, the um, um, 
using words and so on to humiliate the next person or put him or her in her place. And then also our our gangs, you know, as part of that, because having lost your your group identity as a, a slave in from Indonesia, Malaysia, and having been brought here, and then you had to somehow link socially with other people, and it was not an easy life. And then, as you mentioned earlier, also about these different languages, um, it 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 was common uh, that the farmers who would come to Cape Town to get the slaves on auction to choose slaves that could not understand the language of the slaves that they already had so that it was an easier form of control. But in that still, people then had to try and find uh, uh, common uh, denominators and people develop a sense of social identity then also here at the Cape. Ladies and gentlemen, Aubrey Springfeld. He's an ex-teacher, he's a tour guide, and he's a lover of slave history. And uh, we certainly felt that and heard that uh, this morning. Uh, Aubrey, many, many thanks for your time. The Slavery Challenge on the 8th of May. Uh, you've got to enter now. I mean, after that conversation, that chat with Aubrey, you've got to enter now. www.iamrunning4.co.za. Aubrey, always good to see you. We'd love to see more of you. Many, many thanks for your time. Check it out. Go to goodhopefm.co.za.